Welcome to Teaching Transformations, Designing Your Post-Career Life with Tim Desmond and Ryan Woolley. So did you get your run in today? I did. Today was a nice running day. Do you get, you get it in every day, don't you? I do. Yeah, it's changed a little bit. Uh, I, I was going every other day uh, and I was running... I was running 40 miles a week, which was the equivalent of three half marathons a week. And I started getting heart palpitations and I did a little research on it. And, you know, extreme endurance exercise can, can trigger heart palpitations. And at, um, at age 50, I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push the envelope on that. So I, I really pulled back on the running. Um, and now I'm doing, uh, I'm doing about, 15 to 16 miles a week and I'm doing that over five days. Okay. That sounds reasonable. It is. It's about, uh, what it works out to is it's a 30 minute run on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and a 20 minute run on Tuesday and Thursday. Hmm. I started back again a couple days ago. Oh, did you? Gosh, my, my first day, I seriously thought I was going to die. It yeah. hurt so bad. I just, it's been so long and I used to be able to do that. I used to be able to go for like, you know, months and months without running and then just hop right into a four mile run and, you know, not, not bad an eye, but like, oh, it was, it was brutal. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, the first couple of weeks for me anyways, it's been about a year since I started running and that I, I remember those first couple of weeks of, of March of 2020, I was hurting. <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't run for a minute straight. I had to, I, I could go for about 30, 35 seconds and I had to walk. Yeah. Well, that's mine were definitely run walks. <laughs> oh. Do you listen to stuff while you run? Uh, I listen to music. I can't listen to podcasts when I run. I need like, you know, mm. I need to, I need that motivation, you know? So I, I have a few playlists that I've made on Spotify. I, I've tapped into some of the, like the, you know, the workout uh, playlists that they have. Um, sometimes I just do artist radio and kind of, you know, keep it keep it fresh and unexpected but yeah i definitely listen to music what about mm -hmm. you uh a little bit of both i i do like the spoken word uh a lot um i kind of go between uh podcasts books and music and more the spoken word i would say in recent years than music when i'm running interesting um, yeah like henry uh, rollins like screaming in your ear or <laughs> not that kind of spoken word. no not not like that <laughs> Um, it's just my time to get it in, you know, like yeah. I, I don't, I don't find time to really read. Um, and so that's just my, my time sort of, you know, just to consume, you know, and it's, that's a great carrot. Uh, it's been a great carrot for me because I don't really, I don't have the luxury of having like dedicated music listening time the way I did when I was a teenager. And, and so I tell myself like, okay, you get to jam out, but only if you're running. You know, mm -hmm. or only if you're exercising. And I, yeah. I love that. Like that's that. And I, I did that at the gym too. Like I would, uh, I did it with Netflix at the gym. I was like, okay, you can binge for all those 30 minutes here on the machine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like guilt free, you know? Yeah. Well, that same carrot works with, uh, with like books and stuff because, you know, you get to a point in, in your book and you're like, okay, I got to put this down now, but I look forward to getting back to it in the next yeah. run. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 very powerful positive motivator. I I uh, I've found that that works in many instances. Yeah. Um, so I, 
today's topic is going to be a little meta. Um, I I want us to talk about podcasts, about our podcasts, and about just the whole the the topic in general. Um, and I want to start with a, a really open ended question. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. Just because I, just because I love throwing these kind of questions at you. Um, so, what do you know about podcasts? <laughs> oh my! I am I am the butt of the joke in my industry. Uh, everyone's always like, "Oh, how many podcasts does Jay Thorne have?" I don't know, two dozen, three dozen. <laughs> in fact, on the Creative Pen, my friend Joanna just. You know, cracked a joke because she's had the same podcast since like 2010 or 2009. And she's like, yeah, Jay Thorne's been podcasting as long, but not on the same show. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's safe to say uh, I know a little bit about podcasting. And I even dug up some some stats. I don't know if you want to get into that or not, but I I have some personal podcasting stats I can share. Yeah, just go go ahead. Uh, My first my first podcast episode was May 22nd of 2014, and that was uh, called the Horror Writers Podcast, and it's still up, and it's god-awful. <laughs> it's, I can't, it's, can barely listen to it. Uh, but since then, uh, and this is through the end of 2020, I had either uh, recorded or produced 868 episodes, uh, and at the, by the end of 2021, I will have broken 1,000 episodes. And that includes a 10-month hiatus where I didn't podcast at all. So basically six years of podcasting, it'll be seven years and about 1,000 episodes. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. Um, yeah. So what drew you to this medium? Well, I, I enjoyed, I've always enjoyed talk radio, which is I'm total nerd. You know, I've li- like sports talk radio, news talk radio. Um, I, I, I don't know if I told the story on this podcast, but one of my favorite talk radio shows used to be Click and Clack. Did you ever listen mm-hmm. to Click and Clack? Oh, yeah, definitely. Love those guys, right? Um, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a, a call-in radio show about auto mechanics, but that's not what the show is about. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the guys gave advice, like relationship advice and money advice. And uh, they, were, they were just like these two blue collar mechanics out, out of Boston. And they had this radio show. And I used to listen to that all the time. So I always really had an interest in, in talk radio. And, um, and when I met my buddy Jim Kukrell here in Cleveland in, I guess it would have been 2013, 2014. It was uh, several years after I moved to the area. He, you know, podcasting was sort of in its second wave. We're kind of in a third wave right now. It was in its second wave then. And he said, man, you need to be the horror guy. And he's like, you know, you need to do a podcast. And, you know, as, as a teacher, standing in front of a group of people and talking was easy. You know, that, that's one of the advantages we have of being teachers is like the thing that scares people the most we do every day uh, is public speaking. I thought, okay, well, just put a microphone in front of me and do that. So that that's kind of where the the genesis came from. Yeah. So walk me through the uh, the different podcasts that you've done. So the the horror podcast. How long did that last? How long is this episode going to be? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I I, I saw my stats up. So uh, the horror writers podcast went for seventy seven episodes, uh, and the, most of these are weekly. So to give you some sense, we're talking about fifty two a year, roughly. Mm-hmm. So the Horror Writers Podcast was about 77 episodes. 
Um, I have, I've had some one-off, like limited series ones. So I had one called Dark Arts Theater, which was horror and heavy metal. And that, I did 35 episodes of that. I had The Intronaut, which was me talking about being an introvert. I did exactly 100 episodes of that. Uh, had uh, one called Gen X Rock and Talk, which was both a podcast and a radio show on WJCU. And you were, you were on that podcast, that radio show. Did about 45 of those. Uh, I did uh, The Writer's Well with Rachel Heron. Uh, we did 190 episodes of that. Uh, I did The Career Author with Zach. We did 214 episodes of that. Um, oh, Standalone, Consequences of Rock, I did with my, my old drummer from Three Full Law and my son. Uh, we did 10 of those. Hmm. Uh, Writer's Inc. is now up to 70-some episodes. That's the one I'm currently doing with J.D. Barker. Uh, we're on our ninth or 10th ninth i think recording episode right now and i'm on six or seven with the author success mastermind podcast which i'm doing with my friend chris uh, so the ones that are current the ones that are running are this one writers inc and the author success mastermind so how much time do you spend each week recording i dedicate almost an entire workday to just podcasts now, that doesn't include interviews. So Writer's Inc. is an interview format podcast, and those interviews obviously have to take place whenever I can interview people. So those, you know, an interview, including the interview itself, like the prep time and the interview, you're talking about four to five hours per episode. So I try not to schedule more than one interview per week for Writer's Inc. And, we, and we're really ahead. Like, we're booked all the way out until December um, with interviews. But the, all the other ones I do on Thursday, and, and that usually includes the recording. I do a little bit of post-production, and then I have to kind of set the table for my kids, who are my uh, uh, production assistants. Brady does a lot of the, uh, the show notes and the post-production on Writers, Inc., and Brenna is going to be doing it for this podcast. But um, it's almost an entire, like, if you, if you look at my, like, a five-day work week, a full day is dedicated to just podcasting. Hmm. And why the weekly interval? That is uh, what's bared out over time as to be the sweet spot. And it's, I think it's more the sweet spot for listeners than it is podcasters. So I dabbled with a daily podcast, and, and there are very successful daily podcasts. Um, but I think those tend to wear people out unless they're very specific. Like if it's a news podcast, that's something people can listen to on a daily basis. Otherwise, uh, the data suggests that weekly is the sweet spot. Uh, daily is too much. Um, every, once a month, uh, you're not staying on people's radar. So uh, weekly is, is really ideal. And you'll find that like, if, you go, if you just do a, you know, a very casual glance at, at iTunes or your podcast feed, you'll see most of those are probably weekly episodes. Well, there's a, a lot of competition now for our ears and... It seems like, you know, if you're more frequent, people probably would just, you would get lost in the shuffle. You know, they want room for other podcasts, I would assume. Yeah, and there's there's some interesting statistics around listenership, and, and all of it is with, has, a, has an asterisk next to it because the landscape is shifting so quickly. I mean, the pandemic accelerated a lot of podcast habits on both sides, both the production and the consumption. And it, and it hasn't returned to where it was because people's habits have permanently changed. So like commuting was a big part of podcasting. A lot of people listen to podcasts during commutes. 
Well, a lot of people don't haven't had commutes and some people aren't going to have commutes again. Um, so it, it's, it's really shifting. It's, it's shifting behaviors. Um, and uh, it's a really interesting time to be in podcasting. It's definitely having a resurgence. It's definitely the third wave. Um, and it's an exciting time to be in podcast podcasting. It's a good time to start if you're if you're thinking about it. I was just looking up some stats last night. Um, I got these from uh, a website called podcastinsights.com. Um, and they pulled a lot of this stuff from uh, a Nielsen. I think these are from Nielsen studies. Um, but according to this data, uh, or these data, I always hate that because I, I know I, I never I know think it's singular I think, plural. <laughs> I think it's technically these data. Okay. Um, uh, there are over or around two million podcasts right now. Um, there are 47 million episodes as of March 2021, so that's pretty current data. Um, and just to highlight the growth over the past couple of years, uh, in in 2018, uh, there were only about 550,000 podcasts. So, you know, what is that? You know, that's a 75% increase in just a couple of years. Uh, so it definitely suggests that listenership is, is on the rise. Um, let's see, uh, 37% or 104 million people listened to a podcast in the, in the last month. That was up from 32% in 2019. Um, 68 million people listen to podcasts weekly. Um, that's 24% of the population. 16 million people in the U S are avid podcast fans. Um, here, I like these two, uh, podcast listeners subscribe to an average of six shows in the last week. Uh, and podcast listeners listen to an average of seven different shows per week up from five in 2017. So that kind of supports that idea of, you know, first of all, what you were saying about going weekly, but also, you know, you, in, in some ways you have to leave room for, for people to take in other, other content. Um, yeah. Cause I, I think they would ignore you probably if you just went every day. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a historical anecdote, um, that I like to use when talking about podcasting, which is, uh, you can sound really clever if you go to a cocktail party and you could say, do you know why cars are as wide as they are? Like why, why are cars like, I don't know, what is it? Six feet or whatever. And people are like, Oh, I don't know why. And like, well, that was because the Romans built these roads and they built them wide enough for their chariots. And then they're like, okay, well that doesn't, <laughs> that's not as exciting. Like you think there's like some, some really like deep reasoning behind it. Right. And, and basically what they're saying is Roman chariots made grooves and and uh, with their with their carriages, right? And, and so that's it, things just build on that behavior. That that's all it is. Mm -hmm. There's no like magical reason, right? Yeah, yeah. And and podcasting is the same way. I think that uh, there isn't anything magical about about a weekly episode, but it's 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 the ruts that that the you know, the Romans made in the 1950s when television shows came out, um, or or even weekly uh, radio shows back in the 30s. Like weekly was sort of the the format for entertainment and, and podcasting is just riding those rails. It's not mm -hmm. that there's anything special about uh, weekly. Mm -hmm. Wow. It says here that uh, comedy is the most popular genre followed by education and news. 
Does that surprise you? Not at all. Uh, I mean, if you if you think about it, uh, you know, comedians have been microphone masters, you know, for a long time, and uh, and they're funny, you know, and and I think people, you know, they, they want to laugh. Uh, so I'm I'm not surprised at that at all. Uh, it's funny. I am surprised that entertainment isn't considered a category. I guess comedy is a form of entertainment, but I know, like, mm. you know, when you're talking about education and news, that doesn't necessarily take into account entertainment podcasts that are about like you know movies or television shows or pop culture or something like that hmm. i wonder if they're lumping those into education maybe could be yeah uh what podcast do you consume or have you consumed <laughs> yeah I, i'm a bit of a junkie so i'm pulling up my my phone right now and i know no one else can see this but you but like i don't know if you can see how many I have. Jeez, there's like 300 boxes there. Yeah, I I have probably 30 to 40 podcasts that I have in my podcasting app. Now, here's the thing. You you might think this is nuts. I listen to all of them, almost all of them on 3X. Yep, I've I've heard about this. Yeah. So I've I've trained myself now. I started gradually bumping the listening speed up, and, and now I'm to the point where I can listen to a podcast at 3x and still understand what's being said because Jeez. the apps are really good now. They, it doesn't change the pitch; it's just faster. Hmm. Uh, back in the old day, they changed the pitch. It was like listening to like the chipmunks talking, but it's not like that now. Um, the other thing is, I let myself off the hook in that if I see an episode of a show that I subscribe to, but the episode doesn't grab me or I start listening and it's not relevant, I allow myself to skip it. Mm -hmm. So I don't listen to every single episode of every single show. I think this is why you left your teaching job. You just (laughs) wanted more time to listen to podcasts. (laughs) And, you know, I, uh, most days, you know, because I'm self-employed and no one's in the house most days, I have an earbud in and all of those little minutes, like when I'm going downstairs to make a cup of coffee, like I'm listening to a podcast. Hmm. So it's not even, it's not as though I need to create the time. I'm just utilizing time when I would normally not be doing anything and I'm, and I'm here listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. I like that whole uh, 3X deal because I, can we apply that to just my voice on our podcast? <laughs> Because the one thing I hate is when I listen to our podcast, I sound so slow. So just uh, this is for the listeners out there who might be uh, being driven crazy by this. I'm, I'm working on it. They probably Tim- already have us on 2X. At least. <laughs> well, maybe they'll selectively just speed me up. Um, but you have a lot more experience. So, hey, I'm working on it. Yeah, that's right. It's You're just you're building that muscle. <laughs> um. Yeah, I when I read that thing about comedy, it, it's funny because my my top podcast right now is um, is Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Um, yeah, you sent that to me. I haven't listened to that podcast mm-hmm. yet, but I've heard about it. Yeah, I just I I like his style. Uh, yeah. I like his humor, and uh, it's mostly you know him interviewing people. And and I don't, I mean, it's you know one one famous person after another, um, and there's. I don't need a lot of that. You know, yeah. I, I do like the guests that he picks and, and his conversations are, are pretty down to earth. They're, they're pretty real conversations, which is why I relate to that, to that podcast. Um, but I don't need like to, you know, be constantly feeding myself um, information about famous people. 
Um, it's funny you mention that because my my favorite sort of guilty pleasure podcast right now is Smartless, uh, and that is uh, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes, <laughs> and and they interview famous people. Like they mm-hmm. had Paul McCartney on, and like I'm I, you know I don't really care about famous people, but like they're really funny, and like yeah. and, and, and like much like Conan, like the 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 conversations they have with these people are are not what you're going to hear on like you know entertainment tonight or whatever the equivalent of that is i'm so out of touch i don't even know what that is yeah but like i like i I like that comedy too so i i that's funny that uh conan's is like that too well i mean famous people are people too and and i like people's stories so you know that's really the draw i just think it'd be interesting to have to have a show just be you know stories of of real people you know just random (laughs) like like you do you have to be famous to to tell an interesting story? Yeah. Um, so I think there's a podcast out there in whatever genre that is. For sure. But I like a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, entrepreneurship type podcasts. I, I I've listened to a lot of episodes of How I Built This. Yeah. Um, uh, Startup was a big one for me when that came out, and then that led me to a lot of the other Gimlet shows. So Startup was kind of like a podcast about the startup of a podcast company, which became Gimlet, and um, and then they started a bunch of shows, and uh, that was fun to listen to. I I lost interest after a while. I think that that's what happens, right? Yeah. I mean, you you know, and I think that can be on on either side of the fence. I mean, either oh, yeah. as a consumer or a producer. I mean, you know, just listening to your list of podcasts, um, those all just ran through a life. And I, I assume at some point you you just decided, okay, I think this has served its purpose, and I'm ready to move on. Um, yeah, is that it, hard? It, no, because you know it. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, you know, they're they're. Um... In in the podcast that I've stopped doing with co-hosts, we we both came to that conclusion at almost the same time. You know, like uh, I'll give uh, the best example or one of the examples is you know with um, with Zach and the horror writers. Or, I'm sorry, the career author. Like we did a hundred and I don't know two hundred and fourteen episodes. There's only so many episodes we could talk about. You know, how do you get a good cover designed or <laughs> You know what's the best Amazon category you should be in? Like, there's only so many times you can talk about that. And and there were there was a period in the last few months where we were really struggling to come up with topics for the show. And then at one point we were like, should we keep doing this? Like, we kind of said all we needed to say. Like that happened to me with the internet by myself. Like I, I just got to a point where I'm like, okay, I've I've talked about a hundred things that I care about. I'm kind of done now. I've said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's really healthy to go into that, go into that. Like if you, like, I, lo- I love Joanna, but like her, her show is an outlier. Like there just aren't many podcasts that run 11 years because it's just really hard to sustain that and to, and to find something to talk about. Now she, it's an interview format. So she, she interviews people and that's different. Like that changes all the time. But even still, I think you need to go into a podcast with the understanding that at some point it's going to run its course and that's okay. Like that's just part of the natural evolution of it. I'm kind of picturing it like it's a book that you're writing in, in sort of episodes or chapters and eventually the book is finished and it's time to go write another book. I don't know if that analogy works at all, but yeah, I think it does. I mean, I really, I, I really do. I mean, it's, you know, 
it's heavily dependent on format. Like, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, uh, we have a shelf life. This has a shelf life. Like, we're, we're going to get to a point where we're going to be like, okay, we've kind of exhausted the things that we want to talk about. If we were fo- if we were a news podcast, we could go on indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you know, there's no limitation on that. Or if we were doing interviews um, and we were doing interviews across industries, that could go on. But even the interview format, like, you know, for Writers, Inc., now, you know, we're up to 70 some episodes and we're, we're doing great. And we're, I'm interviewing really interesting people at a certain point, either myself or JD or both of us are going to be like, okay, we're tired of talking to authors yeah, <laughs> or, or, or even writers, generally mm-hmm. speaking, like, okay, I can only ask someone, I can only ask the question so many times of like, what time of day do you write? Like, you know, so yeah, it's, it, it's, it's format dependent, but I think, um, for the majority of podcasters, it's good to go in just realizing like there, there is going to be an endpoint, and you'll feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking at my list again. There are a lot of different formats in here. Um, planet money was one I, I, I listened to for a long time. Uh, but then there's some like serial S town, dirty John. I mean, these are, these were just stories that were just told episodically. Um, Tim Ferriss was on my list for a while. It, it, do you know if his is still active? I don't know if he's even still doing his. Oh but, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, he's in my he's in my queue. I listen to him and James Altucher uh, almost almost every week. Although I, I'm not, I have no interest in. Uh, Ferriss has kind of drifted into more of like the um, psilocybin and like psychedelics for treatment of P- PTSD, and and I'm just I have no interest in any of that. So any of those episodes, I I normally skip. Hmm. Uh, Nerdist, uh, it's no longer called that. I think it's been rebranded. It was rebranded actually a number of years ago. Um, ID10T, I, I listened to that for a while. I don't know if that's still around. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it makes sense that, you know, you you have something to say and eventually you say it and then you move on. I mean, you know, that's just, that's kind of the way it should work, I think. You know, um, and... And I don't think the goal should be to make it last for longer than it needs to. Right. Right. Yeah. I I think the finance space is a good example of that. Uh, I've, I listen to a lot of entrepreneurship and finance podcasts. And one of my favorites is, uh, is, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on it now. uh, It's with choose FI. So choose FI is, is financial independence. And I've been listening to Choose FI since the beginning, and that was that's been three or four years, and I I still love the guys, and I, I think it's a great movement. I it's just they're just recycling the same things, like they're mm-hmm. talking about the same, like they're talking about you know your emergency fund and um, investing in mutual funds and um, you know your fine number and like there's only so many times I can hear that before I'm like, okay, you know, it's no fault to them. It's just like, it's, it's that cycle. So I think, um, you know, the finance space is a good example. Like whatever, whatever you're into, like, let's say it's real estate, like, well, okay, well, once you've got a handle on the real estate basics and you're doing it, you know, do you really need the podcast anymore? Yeah. It'd be like going back to the same, you know, 101 class uh, again, right. after you'd mastered something. Right. Hmm. So, how this is really for the listeners um how, can you explain how this podcast fits into the larger scheme of things for us that's a great question because we don't know yet exactly it's a bit of a work in progress 
Um, so I'm I'm a big fan of Brian Clark. Uh, I'm enrolled in his uh, unemployment initiative, unemployable initiative, uh, and uh, we've talked about him a few times on the show. And he started Copy Blogger and built Rainmaker, and he's now doing further and uh, and unemployable. And he was one of sort of the the original internet gurus, the content marketers. And what I like about what Brian is talking about now, who's also our age, which is which is interesting, is this idea of building an audience instead of a product. Most entrepreneurs, and myself included, I'm so guilty of this, we rush out, we build something, and then we try and find an audience to sell it to. And nine times out of 10, that's going to fail because you know, because you don't know what the audience wants. You're building what you want to build, but that's not necessarily what an audience needs. So Brian's approach is to build a minimally viable audience. Seth Godin talks about this a lot, about finding, you know, 10 people who will tell 10 other people about what you're doing. So the way the podcast, the way I envision it, and, and I know you're a little newer to this, so I don't know if you necessarily share this vision or not, but what I see as the vision for the podcast is it's going to allow us to start building an audience who will then tell us what they want from us, which might be nothing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think like that's, you know, that's a, that's a real possibility. I, I don't think that's the case. I, I have, I have signals that tell me otherwise, but it, it, it could, it could be. So the podcast gives us a way to, to build an audience. It doesn't, we're not investing a ton of money. We're not taking on venture capital. We're not bootstrapping with our own life savings to do this. We're, we're, we're investing our time once a week and we're going to, we're going to see what happens. So I don't know exactly what role this podcast is going to fill um, for us. I, I can tell you historically what a podcast has done for me is it has built that audience and a small percentage of those people then asked me for things. So, uh, you know, the career author, um, a very small percentage of the people who listen to the career author bought retreats and came on authors on a train and, and, and did that stuff with Zach and, and now with my mastermind stuff, you know, it's a very small percentage, but like it's the, the podcast is, is the proving ground for that. So mm-hmm. I, I try and counsel people now, like if you're starting a podcast, monetization should not even be on the table. <laughs> like you should be using it to build an audience and then finding out number one, does that audience have uh, a pants on fire problem that you can solve? And if they do, what are they telling you the solution is? And then you can build that. That's where the monetization comes in. It's not about being a professional podcaster and just having people write you checks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've had to really ad- adjust to that because like you said earlier, I mean, we've recorded, I think this is episode nine now in terms of the number we've recorded and, um, and it's, we haven't even started publishing them yet. Right. I mean, that's, I want to get into this, our process a little bit, but you know, um, and, and we don't know really where it's headed and I, I'm okay with all that. Cause I enjoy these conversations with you. So I don't begrudge that. I mean, I feel like it's, you know, I don't need this to turn into anything. It could just be, okay, we had a, a lot of fun conversations right. that we Same. recorded and, and a few people listened and the, you know, that'd be fine with me. Um, but when I think about it relative to like, you know, investing time into something that might pay off in some way, I mean, 
I have no idea. I mean, it, and it feels really weird to sort of spend a lot of time on something and, and, and just not know where it's headed. Uh, it's a little, un it's like a little unnerving, I have to say. Welcome to my world, man. <laughs> uh, like this is what every writer, every novelist goes through every time they sit down to write a book. It's like, it, that's even worse because you imagine like you're, you're oh. gonna, you could spend six, nine, 12 months writing a novel and you have no idea if anyone mm -hmm. is going to be at all interested. And, and statistically Pareto principle, you know, two books are going to make 90% of, of your royalties out of 10, like two books out of 10, which means eight out of 10, you're going to spend all this time and money with no audience and no one's going to care even when it's done. Uh, so I think for me, like the, the corollary between podcasting and, and writing novels is, uh, is so close that I'm like, well, yeah, like, of course we don't have an audience yet. Like we haven't, we haven't published yet, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the difference is like, we're not investing at the same level as I do when I write a novel, which is, you know, months or years before you, you know, if there's any interest. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so why explain a little bit about why we're, we've banked episodes before we've started publishing because I you know I'm really following your lead on a lot of this and I know you've just learned that this, this is the way to do things and so can you just talk a little bit about that yeah there are, there are a couple reasons for it uh, the one I don't know if, if it matters anymore and the other one certainly does so a few years ago the advice was you don't want to launch a podcast with one episode because if someone's really into it you want to you want to give them a little bit of a binge experience like you want to you want to have them be able to go somewhere else so if you just put out one episode and they really like it now they got to wait a week you're kind of dampening some of that initial enthusiasm so the idea is and this again this was advice that came out years ago somebody said that well if you release seven episodes uh at one time and people really enjoy it that you, you have a better chance of hitting new and noteworthy on on itunes which I think is total bullshit. <laughs> I think um, there, there's, there are gatekeepers at Apple and they decide who goes on new and noteworthy. Like I've had podcasts on that that have, have no correlation to like downloads or listens or anything. It was like, oh, somebody likes that and they, they stick it on the new and noteworthy page. So that's the reason I think is probably not valid. I still think it's good to, and, and we're gonna, we haven't done it yet, but we're gonna release, we're gonna launch with three episodes. So I, it's a bit of a, hedging our bets there and that like, okay, we're going to get, if people really like episode one, they can binge two and three and then number four will come a week later. Um, that's not as many as we don't have to bank as, as many as seven, but we're also not coming out of the gate with one. That's one reason. The second reason is just more of a uh, logistics thing. It's something I've learned over doing 868 podcast episodes, which is you need a little bit of buffer. You need, um, you need to be able to produce in a way that's manageable and fun. And the way that you do that is you give yourself a little space. Um, you know, we're, we, we probably gave ourselves more space than we needed, but that's better than not enough. So, so right now, you know, we're, we're recording episode nine. We don't have an, an episode out yet. We're going to publish with three, which means we have about a six week buffer. Uh, there's a six-week delay, roughly, between the time we record and the time listeners hear the episodes, which means if one of us takes a vacation or one of us gets sick or something comes up, we're not scrambling. We're like, okay, you know, we, we got a little bit of a buffer there. More personally, I am terrible with deadlines. 
I know some people find deadlines very motivating. I find them crippling. If I come up against a deadline, my anxiety rears up and, uh, and I panic. Um, and and I, I think it's why I don't procrastinate is because it, the amount of anxiety that creates within me is not, it's just not worth it. So for me personally, I, whether I'm doing podcast episodes with other people or by myself, I give myself a personal buffer space. So like we record the Writer's Inc. on Thursday, that episode doesn't air until Monday, which means, okay, if something goes wrong, we still have Friday. And if something really goes wrong, we still have the weekend. I would not want to be in a situation where we're recording on Thursday and publishing on Thursday or even Friday morning. So part of it's my workflow, but I think part of it too is just learning that things will come up, like technical problems will occur, guests will not show up, uh, apps will fail, um, cars will break down, like there are any number of things that could come up. And so uh, if you are, if, if you have a buffer going, and, and I would say that's true whether you're podcasting or writing blog posts or you're writing short stories like I am right now, um, giving yourself a little bit of a buffer is just nice insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, for anyone who wants to start a podcast, what, what do they need? So the, the first thing they need is they need to fill up their, their podcast app <laughs> with dozens of... I'm, I'm being a little... Um, Cheeky. Facetious to that, yeah. They don't need to fill it up, but like... If, if you heard podcasting is awesome, so you want to start podcasting, that's the wrong thing. That's the wrong thing to do. Um, I think you have to start as a fan. If you're like, hmm, this podcasting thing is interesting, start listening to them. And, and, and I would say take at least a couple months of listening to weekly podcasts, several. Listen to solo episodes. Listen to long-form serialized fiction. Listen to interviews. Listen to news clip sh uh, podcasts. Like, get a sense of what's out there. Uh, that is the best thing you can possibly do. And I give that advice to, to novelists, too. Like, you know, I say, don't just sit down and start writing a vampire romance. Like, go read Twilight and go read Vampire Diaries and, like, be familiar with what the expectations are because that's how you're going to know what what an audience wants. So that that's the first thing that you should do is absolutely become a podcast addict yourself. Mhm. Mm uh okay, so let's say let's say you've been listening for a while, you know you like it. You you've thought about starting one for a long time. What what equipment do you need? What apps? I mean, what how do you how do you get it off the ground? It's I mean, <laughs> I think for somebody who's never done it, you know, I've had the the luxury of sort of just following your lead because you've done so many, but I think, you know, I've thought about doing podcasts for a long time before this and, and it seems daunting, you know, I'm like, I don't even know where to start and what, what would we tell people? Yeah. Uh, there, there are a lot of resources out there. I, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head that I could cite directly, um, uh, on the episode. Uh, but that being said, there's a couple things you have to keep in mind. People used to say, well, if you just have a phone, you can start a podcast. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> like, technically, you can do it. Like, you can record a, a podcast on your phone. Like, if you, if you have Anchor FM, which is who we used to distribute, you can get the Anchor FM app on your phone. You can record into the app and distribute the episode from your phone. Like, you never have to leave your phone, which is a terrible idea, <laughs> right? It sounds great. But the problem is, in, in today's media, People will, for, will, will forgive shitty video. They will not forgive shitty audio. Mm -hmm. You will lose listeners. People, there's something about the listening experience. If it's not optimal, 
people will stop listening. Um, and I've found that personally, I can, I can verify that. Um, so yes, you can start a podcast on your phone. I would not recommend it. Uh, I think what you, what you would need to do first, I mean, gear wise, you basically need a, a decent USB podcasting microphone. Uh, we're using a little more semi-pro pro microphones. Uh, but like you could grab a, you know, a Yeti Snowball, for example, it's just like a $40 mic and you plug it, it's a USB mic, you plug it in, you're good to go. Like that, that's at least hitting a, a baseline minimum for audio quality. And then, um, and then there are free uh, programs that you can record, you can record for uh, your podcast. So if you're doing an interview podcast, you could record it over Zoom. Like I, I'm, I'm hitting the bare minimum. Like these are not recommendations. Zoom audio quality is not great, but like I'm talking about just getting started. You could use, uh, you could get a USB mic. You could hop on Zoom with a friend, and Zoom will kick you out an MP3 file, and you can upload that to your your podcast distributor of choice. So the bar, the barrier to entry is pretty low as far as t technically. Um, you know, you could even you can even record with Zoom offline. So like if you had the Zoom app, you could still record an MP3 file. And then um, the only other thing you would need is a, a form of distribution. So there are a lot of companies now, uh, Transistor FM, Libsyn, Acast. Uh, we go with Anger.fm because it's 100% free and they're owned by Spotify. And we feel like Spotify is making a real play in the podcasting space. But again, if you're talking about the bare minimum, you can open up an Anchor.fm account for free and you take that MP3 file that you got from Zoom and you upload it to Anchor and you type in your information and you hit publish. You've got a podcast. Like it, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. But the key is that the audio quality has to hit sort of a baseline standard. Yeah. And I, I put a lot of stock in that. I mean, I think so. I, I'm sitting on probably $300 worth of gear here. I have a, my mic was probably a $200 mic. And then I have, I think this audio interface that um, takes the sound into the computer is probably another hundred ish. And then I have a pair of headphones. And to me that in terms of gear that does it. And I, I think it's as good as I need it to be, you know, until, until I go Pro it's it's better than 95% of the po podcasters that are out there right now. Like I, I hear podcasts with people recording on their laptop built-in microphone and it makes me cringe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I felt like it was a splurge to, to spend that much money on this equipment, but at the same time, it, it, I felt like it was worth it for me because I, I, I like that, you know, the, the quality is important. Um, and we use is it okay to talk about the app we use to record? Yeah, sure. yeah, so we use this app called Squadcast. You and I are sitting in our 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 homes, uh, uh, respective homes at the moment. Um, I'm actually surprised my dogs haven't barked yet because I <laughs> I've, this is the first. I think this is the first one I've recorded from home, and I just assumed that was going to happen at some point. Um, but uh, you know, we're doing this over a web connection through Squadcast. And I think one of its benefits is that it, it kind of enforces a higher quality audio. It, I tried a, a microphone at first and it, it was, it kind of rejected it. It was like, that's not good enough for us. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I mean, we're not going to get into the weeds technically, but you know, it, the you get an uh, an MP3 or an MP4 file from Zoom, it, I, it might be 128k bitrate. It's highly compressed. Um, it's not ideal. And Squadcast records in CD quality 44.1 16-bit WAV files. So if you know anything about audio technology, you'll know there's a tremendous difference in fidelity between those two formats. So again, like you know, you don't have to start with Squadcast, but um, you know. If, if you're looking about getting the best audio quality, there are there's some great tools out there. And, and really the quality now, the way Squadcast records is they record locally on each side, whereas Zoom, you, you get buffering in Zoom because it's recording on a centralized cloud-based server. But Squadcast is recording each of our individual tracks on our local computers and then mixes those together behind the scenes. So we don't get any sort of buffering or internet connect, connectivity issues. Again, that's like, a, you know, it's a next level thing. Um, and, and, but you don't need that to start. Uh, but, it, but it doesn't, and Squadcast is very affordable. I mean, we're talking like, you know, 10 or $20 a month. So again, like to get really high quality, professional sounding audio, it doesn't require a lot of money in, in these days. Not, not the way it did 15 or 20 years ago. Yeah. And once you get a good recording, I mean, you spend what, 12, 14 hours editing in, uh, mixing our episodes, right? Something like that. Yeah. 12, 14 hours or minutes. One of the two. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty streamlined. I mean, again, like, you, you know, with something like Squadcast, you get individual tracks so you can easily bump the fader up or down to kind of level things out. You trim off the front and back because I, I don't do any in episode editing. I don't do that for any of my podcasts. I know there are some podcasters who will sit down and edit out every um and ah uh and space. There's software that does that. And I hate all of that. I hate that approach because it's, it's unnatural. Like yeah. I, I want to listen to a conversation and when people have conversations, they talk over each other and they stutter and they make mistakes and that's normal. Like I don't want a robotic sounding voice in my ear. Yeah. Well, that's Gimlet's thing too. You know, they, they, um, advertise, uh, highly crafted podcasts. They spend a lot of time on production. Um, and it, it works for them. And, and I, that's a, that's a style and, and I'm, you know, I, I wouldn't say it sounds unnatural, but there's, there's a whole team of people doing that. And, uh, in a whole, I mean, there's a lot of expense in making it work that way uh, and yeah. a lot of time. And, well, and that's a scripted podcast. This yeah. is unscripted. I think that's the difference too. Like I, yeah. I've done scripted podcasts. Consequences of rock was scripted. I went down to the Tri-C campus at the rock and roll hall of fame's archive I spent for every episode. I spent two or three days in the in the stacks taking notes. Um, I did four or five revisions of the script. I sent it to my editor. I sent it to my my co-host, um, and then I would take that script and I went into the WJCU studios and I recorded it. And then he sat down and went through um, like a like an audio engineer editing everything out. So there are no there are no. Uh, Plosives. There are no alms and us because I was performing to a script, and I think that's totally different. Like in that case, yes, it should be it should be polished and 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 really nice sounding. But if it's if it's unscripted and it's just casual conversation between two people, I don't like removing all those all those natural uh, imperfections. I think we should consider removing my ums. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. You know, that, that all comes back to, uh, to listening, you know, um, you, you'll, you'll, the more you listen, the less you'll say it. That's just, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Because of embarrassment. 
well, you know, whatever it takes. Like I, I, I had a, uh, I had a mentor when I was student teaching who videotaped me. And this was, this was early nineties. So it was like quite an ordeal to get like a video camera set up in a classroom and kids were like, what is that? You know? And he videotaped me. And some of the most, I thought humiliating moments of my early teaching career was watching myself. And he didn't even have to say anything. Like he would just show me the video and I, and I was like, you know, okay, I, I get it. <laughs> and I, it's the same thing with podcasting. Like no one has to tell you what you have, what you need to improve upon. You can hear it. <laughs> that's the end of that episode thanks for listening go to teachingtransformations.com and get instant access to transformations the free weekly email with the best personally curated resources to help those in their late 40s or 50s to design a post-career life